Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Seoul down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like it in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean dead ball. Talking to the people involved with collecting, playing, repairing, restoring and operating pinball and arcade culture around New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. Okay, now we're rolling. Hello, hello, uh, listeners. The pod number three, um, if you find this pod, I hope you're enjoying them. And I'm talking to people involved with Pinball Arcade and uh, such um, such collectibles, I guess. And we're in Sydney, um, in Penrith, which is about an hour out of Sydney, at the Southern Hemisphere Pinball Championships, uh, which takes place in a field um, in Penrith. Lee Hutton's place called The Barn and him and Dan Robar have a collection of games and it's been a great weekend and I'm here with Nick Polson who lives in North Auckland. Um, we are um, enjoying the weekend aren't we Nick? Yes very much so Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd like to talk to Nick about his involvement with pinball. So we've had we've had a weekend of, of pinball uh, competitions, about four competitions this weekend and um, our, our, our time is finished really we're just sitting in, in Sunday afternoon you can hear the games in the background um, and I thought I'd like I'm trying to talk to people who have been involved with pinball for a while and also maybe some new people too we'll see how things unfold um, with this series of podcasts and uh, Nick um, you've been involved with pinball for quite a while I believe uh, 13 years I think 13 years ago the first one arrived in my house and uh, they've been trickling in ever since. <laughs> I think it was about the time that I came, that I met you. Um, you were someone I didn't know at the time, say 12, 11, 10 years ago. And I'd get a call every three months or so from someone in Auckland, yourself, who would say, hey Simon, have you got any games for sale? And uh, this went on every three months for a wee while. And then on one occasion you got me on a good day and I thought I'd better give this guy something. So I sold you my F14 Tomcat, which I had down in storage. Um, I had, did have it on a site for a short while, and it actually had a fault with the flipper, which meant um, I repaired it, and then it happened again, and I had to take the game off site because I didn't, couldn't repair it in a hurry. I needed a little nylon spacer, which had melted. and um, So I took it off site, and I had it in my lockup down the road, and I thought, oh, that F14's just sitting there. I think I'll sell that to Nick. And yeah. um, that 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 um, yeah, that was our first pinball trading deal, and our only pinball trading deal. No, I, I, how I had oh, the demolition man. Was, I demolition, demolition man on trade me, and then I had your contact details. That's where you went wrong. You see, you let me in. You let me into <laughs> your life. <laughs> oh, was that before the F14, Tom? That was before the F14. Oh, that's how okay. I got your contact details. Okay. That F14 now was uh, John owns that. It's went through a few of the few mates' hands, but still in the circle. Yeah. 
It's good. Yeah, I played it the other day. It's it's in it's a very it's in very stock kind of condition. No one ever drilled the front of the cabinet, which was nice because most games when they get operated, um, they get drilled out for padlocks and things. Myself, I, I do a little bit of drilling. Um, even the new stearns I've drilled a single hole to put a pad bolt in because it depends on the location it's going to. As to where I know that makes you cringe. I can see you cringing now mm. because. Um, Nick is a um, fastidious collector, and you'd like to shop out your games to the nth degree, don't you? Yeah, I'll them as good as I can. But you, tell me a little bit about that process. If you get a game that's a bit baggy, do you like to, you, you like to get it back to factory, don't you? Yeah, I want it to look like it come out of the box rather than a blinged out, modded out type machine. I like it, you know. As, as close to out of the box as I can get it, you know, and that involves, you know, every machine you get in is different, needs a different amount of work. Where's it been? Has it been dry? Has it, what sort of mileage it's done? Right. Um, I like to get all, all the metal work re-zinc plated, any chrome work redone. Um, I like, I prefer original artwork if I can, but if it's completely washed out, I'll, yeah. I'll redo the artwork. The next generation artwork is... Uh, as, as close to factory as you can get it. The, so. the inks are UV resistant, aren't they, on the, the repro stuff that you buy? And, uh, yeah, and they, they have the texture, they have the same feel as a, uh, an original cabinet. So right. I've mastered applying them myself, and um, yeah. I've seen you at work. I, I was, was in Auckland um, around at Kerry Hogan's place, who does a lot of high-end restoration of pinball, and he um, had a prepared a cabinet for you to reply the decals and I happened to be there when you came and um, you, you had a very very deliberate process with how you did you, it struck me that you've probably done dozens of them by now um, I've done a few I use the dry method which a lot of people you've only got one go at it with the dry method right so you've got to start off pretty carefully yes get them on I like to get all the corners all factory looking um, that's that's most most of the time when I see a, a machine that's been redecaled. That's it's it's pretty average, right? Especially this. the cutting and you know it's 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 the rough around the edges, you know. Right and ripples. Uh, I've seen all kinds of stuff. Bubbles. <laughs> the one poorly I, prepped. I told I told you before the one time I did a decal. I did the first side went down okay, and I thought oh that was easier than I thought, and the second side wasn't so good. I got ripples, and I tried the wet method, but the wet method didn't seem to actually help because it didn't move. It did not move once it was on the wood and I was squeegeeing out the water and it just seemed to add a bit of a complication. If it, if I had a little bit of give in it, that might have been a good thing, um, but it had no give and I was using the wet method with a bit of detergent. Um, didn't seem to help. So I think, like you, I'll probably go dry. I have, I have got a few to do in the future. Um, but, but I noticed that it took probably, what, 30 or 40 minutes to, to lay one side down? Yeah, so, I go pretty slowly. I go pretty slowly. And and you just you just kind of coaxing out any air bubbles as you go. Yeah, or not get any as you go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's probably key. Um, and yeah, most people are getting quite um, particular about their cabinets now. I see there's a big market in decals. What about the translites, faded translites? You replace those as well. Oh, if it needs doing. If it needs doing, you there's know. A, there's a period in the late 80s to early 90s with a lot of the translites. I've never, I virtually never see a good funhouse translite. Yeah. Um, they're all faded. 
yeah, I think it might have been the stock um, inks they were using in those days with Williams games. Um, yeah, where's it been? You know, where's it been sitting for 20, 30 years? The reproduction stuff every year, there's just more and more stuff. You know, the stuff Mr. Pinball's making, Planetary, Mirko, CPR. Right. It's all it's all top quality reproduction stuff. So you can you can take a machine that's pretty tired and bring it back to like new. Yeah, yeah. And so you look for minimal cosmetic wear on the playfield, I guess. Um, unless I'm less unless it's just a beater that I'm gonna I know I'm replacing the playfield. One of the one of the things I'm looking for is corrosion. You know, are all the mechs corroded out? Right. I'm just gonna pop open a bit. Yeah. You don't want one though. No. Thanks. Only one o'clock, two o'clock. Well, that's good because, um, yeah, and so you like all generations of pinball? I mean, you have a lot of WPC games and 90s games. Yeah, I'm about um, about three machines off a full set of uh, the DMD stuff. Full set? I like from 91 91 through to uh, um, 98 through to uh, Cactus Canyon. Wow, you've got a Cactus Canyon, correct? Yeah, Yeah. wow. Um, so yeah, that's that's my main love. I like, like some system limbs. I like playing the oldies. I just don't like sort of keeping them going, you know. Yeah. Plus, space is always a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some of the data east stuff. Um, my first machine was a uh, Sega Sega Trilogy Star Wars Trilogy, which is quite thin on the ground here. Was that your first ever machine? First ever machine, yeah. Wow. And that would have been. So you said it was twelve years ago. What does that make? Two thousand six. Um, that was kind of when you got into it, 2006-ish? Around there, yeah. Okay, and you've still got that, trilo- that trilogy, eh? Yeah. you've I... got all the Star Wars games and the Star Trek games? Uh, I because... don't have an old belly Star Trek, but i got the next gen and i got the Data East. Right. Um, but I have, yeah, I have, I have all the Star Wars ones except for the Hank and the Australian one. I, I haven't managed to track one of those down. But you would like one if you, if you could find it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But the prices, if the, if the condition's all right, you know, that's, that's the most important thing. But um, which brings us into a, a thread of conversation we had um, earlier we, at the at the hotel room. <laughs> um, we were talking about your um, fondness for Star Wars memorabilia, and you saw the film when you were eight is that correct yeah 1977 um when it first appeared in the cinemas and that led you on an, on a journey of into the star wars world um, talk a little bit about how you how you got interested in star wars yeah well think star wars as an eight-year-old just you know blew me away as it did a lot of people and uh a few months later, a kid at school brought along for show and tell us a Star Wars action figure. I didn't even, I didn't even know they existed. I can still remember he had a Luke Skywalker, and, and the lightsaber came out of his arm. You might remember those. And I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I thought I want one of those. Two dollars fifty they were back then. Wow. Now, you know now, you know, worth a lot more. And. Uh, <coughs> Anyway, I had a few over the years, up to when I was about 13, then, you know, you drift off to other things, you know. And then, uh, I always liked pinball at growing up. Whenever I went to the arcades, that's where I would go to. My mates would be on the vids or on the shooters. Anyway, must have been around, I must have been around 25. I'm walking up High Street in Auckland. There's a, there was a shop there, Pop Culture. Mm-hmm. It was a comic shop, but they also sold a lot of vintage toys. And blow me down, they had 
Star Wars vintage action figures. <laughs> so it's sort of, I, I thought, oh, I went in, because, you know. They were brand new. They were brand new. No, second hand, oh, second hand. Okay. quite minty. Right. Right. From a few collectors, and uh, so I started collecting these vintage figures because I don't know if you remember as a kid, Simon, on the back of the cards that the figures came on, there would say collect all 12. Right, yes. And then they yes. went to 20 and then 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, by the time they finished making them, I think it was about 100. And as a kid, you think, imagine having all of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so as an, as an adult now, I'm buying these figures wherever I can find them. This is pre eBay days. Right. Um, so I got most of the vintage figures, and then, you know, I've got this room with all the Star Wars stuff in it. Yeah. And I thought, what I need for my Star Wars room, I need a Star Wars pinball machine. Right. So You've, you've amassed uh, quite a large collection of these toys. It's quite a large collection. So yep. then I'm, I'm, on, I'm on internet, on Trade Me, which is our eBay sort of over here. Um, Star Wars Trilogy comes up. Right. I thought, that'll do it. Went out, saw the guy, 2,200, bought it home. Mm -hmm. I thought, my wife is going to flip out when this thing arrives. So I picked it up in the in the morning as I was going to work. And I called her through the day. Oh, I've, 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 I've just bought something for us to do tonight. <laughs> and she said, what is it What is it like a game? And I said, yeah, it's like a game. Yeah. And, and she, I, I said, I'll show you when I get home. Okay. Get home. I reverse in the drive, which is unusual. Yeah. So she knows something's going on. <laughs> Pop the back of the van. First question, how much was that? Yes, yeah. Paid twenty two hundred. I thought that might sound like a lot. I said sixteen hundred. She flipped out sixteen hundred. Right. Thank goodness I didn't tell her twenty two hundred. Yeah. Anyway, so I got this. I got this. I got the Sega there in, in my Star Wars room, which is a reasonably boring game to play, to be honest. Right. Quite a pretty looking game. Yeah. It's got, the, curved, it's got the curved back boxes. Yeah. It? Yeah. After about six months, I thought. I must get the blue one, the Data East. Right, right. So I found one of those, got that home, two Star Wars pins side by side. Right. How cool is that? Again, Data East Star Wars, it's an alright game. A lot of people loved it in the day. Yeah. When it came out. Yeah. So I played that. So now I want a bit of a pinball buzz. Right. I got these, I got a Sega and a Data East. Yep. Now I decided I need a real pinball machine. I needed Bally Williams. Right. So, back on trade me. It was the driest spell in, 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 in pinball listings. There was nothing for months and months. I got lead teed off, keep coming up. I thought, mm. I don't want that. Mm. What's that all about? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Judge Dredd comes on. $1,500. Buy now. I thought, yeah, I'm into that. Buy now. Went and got it. Got it home. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the game. I've still got one today. And that was sort of the start of it all. Yep. But just going back to with the figures, when I was collecting these, this is the start of it, when I, so I'm about 25, I'm collecting these vintage Star Wars figures, mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a Tupperware container that I would store them in, and I had a sticker on the top, like a Star Warsy sticker, this was my box with my collectibles in yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But then I outgrew the box, and then I got bigger boxes, and then cupboards, and then a room. So now I've got the room, I've got the toys, I've got the two pennies, the Judge Dredd's arrived. But it's funny because to this day, every so often when you're doing the dishes, the Tupperware container comes through <laughs> in the wash with the, the residue of the Star Wars sticker. That's fantastic. And I think yeah. to myself, funny how all my collectibles once fitted in this container. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got 50 pins, a room full of Star Wars crap. You've got the Star Wars stuff all around on the shelf, haven't you, above the, the pinballs? Yeah. 
and there's a lot of, of memorabilia there, merchandise. Um, and that, well, that's quite a spectacle. And I can remember because we went to America in 2015 and we were in Vegas and they had that little collectibles toy shop in Vegas. Right. Which was kind of like, uh, it stood out amongst all the superficial um, stores of, of, of mass-produced, like modern tat. And then there was this vintage toy shop which had all sorts of um, um, really, really archival and, and, and authentic memorabilia. I remember you looking at the Millennium Falcon mm. uh, model, which was, I don't know, quite a few hundred. And I think you didn't, you didn't buy it, but did you get one of those Millennium Falcons? I do Falcons? have one of those in my collection. This one was a slightly from a different movie. Right. So that was only really the box that was different, but the condition there was a little bit tatty versus right. the price. You know, right. it was. Uh, but great to look at shops like that. You know, I like a lot of that old stuff. Yeah. Like Man and. Is that shop still there? Do you know? I mean, I know. I think they were. They had a lot of lot of gear and. A lot of stuff. I don't know. I've, I've not been back to Vegas since then. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And so you're still looking for Star Wars memorabilia, or have you pretty much complete? Because you you sound like you are quite the completest when it comes to pinball and Star Wars. Um, you know, uh, merchandise. And oh, you'd never have a complete set of anything Star right. Wars, but right. the um, Here's your excess luggage. the I'm quite fussy on condition. Same right. with my pennies. So I'll pass on a, a toy or a pinball machine, even if I don't have it, if the condition is right. I don't have to have a full set of anything. You know, I'd rather not have a penny than pay over price for one that Excuse needs. We're um, just doing a recording, you. Yeah, that's right, we're just doing a recording. It's okay. Um, give us... <laughs> uh, so, well, that's interesting. And you didn't get into Star Trek in the same way? I do like Star Trek. I like some of the old Mego 8-inch figures. But they're, uh, they're just a little bit older. They'd be 60s, early, early... 70s I think a lot of right. those toys so um, but I got a bit of that sort of stuff but uh, well I think we talked earlier that George Lucas was quite um, uh, quite a pioneer with his merchandising of his movie franchise and he struck up a deal with the movie company that he could take the royalties from um, the, the toys that, he, that that spun off the film the, the films and and you like the films obviously you you, you we the, 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 the first the first trilogy was the was the the films that kind of did it for you um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi got a bit cute yeah the but, wheels were starting to fall off by Jedi I must admit once the Muppets appeared yeah but those first three movies are, are where it's at for me very exciting time That's the Star Wars movies coming out the Indiana Jones movies coming out Back to the Future it was good times at the it's, cinema, I thought. It's great escapism for a, for a child, um, for, for the age that we were in those days. I was 10 when, when Star Wars came out, and it had an impa impact on me too. I saw it 13 times over the course of a year. I think it was in the cinemas for about a year, at least a year. Um, so you, so your interest in pinball is mostly the 90s, um, but you do have a few old... But I bought an 8-ball that you owned. I've got it mm. at the moment. I'm about to put it in a little office um, space. Um, but uh, I love that game, and it's a 70s game. But you do like some of the older ones as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'd like an Evil Knievel in the lineup one day. Maybe a Globe Trotters. So the Bally's, the Bally's are the kind of the, the thing for you. You don't like the, the early Williams kind of equivalent of pinball um, as much? Uh, 
some of those old games, it's a little bit about the license for me. Yeah. Harlem Globetrotters and Evil Knievel, I just loved as a kid. Yeah. I just loved seeing them on telly. Um, both of those machines have great art packages. Yeah. Um, Dave Christensen were doing, um, doing both of those. Didn't they? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, where else do we go with that? So your restoration um, is important to you. You like to get the games playing. I know that you 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 play them just occasionally. You don't play them all the time, but um, for you, you like to look at them restored and as good as possible. Um, but you you uh, do enjoy a good game of pinball, uh, Friday night thing or a, um, oh when I can, you know. Um, it's crazy. I'll spend a hundred hours restoring a game and then play 30 games on it then I don't have time anymore because I'm restoring the next one so <laughs> um, but that's that's the probably the bigger part of the hobby for me now is the restoration of the games sure I like the I come to these comps they're they're pretty sociable and all the rest of that but I do so bad at them well you did I remember you won the People's Choice Award at Pukekohe not so long ago yeah, I, I think got you a got second a, you got a second was that, that Pincade? No, that was this competition, Southern Hemisphere, last, last year. Last year, right. Second I got a place. Second there. I got 10th here on Friday night, which uh, was surprising. I think the Cooper's Pale Ale helped along with that. <laughs> um, you never know how you're going to do. Um, I, I didn't even make the finals yesterday in the um, the main comp, but I, I was really thrilled to win the Flip Frenzy on the Friday night. So, yeah, it's, it's every. I approach every competition. Um, like uh, you know, I'd be great, be great to win, but it's okay if I don't make it. That's fine because next week there'll be another one. And when you look at your IFPA profile and you see in the last two years you've had like 200 comps or something, or, or you know 100 comps, it's, it's staggering how frequent these come up now. And um, we've got some fairly high, um, high caliber competitions happening in both New Zealand and Australia, and it's so easy to zip back and forth. Um, it was a great trip we had in, in America in 2015. We went to Expo. Um, we went to the Banning Pinball Museum. Mm. Um, you've been back since to the Texas Pinball Fest. Mm, it's a very good event. And you're going again, is it this year? I'd like to, but the, uh, well, Texas is next year. Next year. Next uh, February or... That's right, because I've just had it this year. But that's, um, the hotel sold out already. Gee, these things are getting popular. Um, I might do Texas, uh, sorry, Chicago again right. this year. Right. I'd like to go back to Chicago, I quite like the place. I might scoot up to uh, Milwaukee or something like that, have a bit of a look around. It's pretty close. Awesome. And what's what's your kind of what's your prediction for pinball in the next couple of years? I know that you were talking about the um, there's been a few forum posts where people think the bottom's gonna fall out of the pinball market. Um, what's your what's your view on where things are headed for pinball? Um, you know, on a location basis and also home collectors um, at, uh, interest. Well, you, you have to base it on the regular monthly meets that we have. Every month there's more and more people coming. And they're all hungry to buy pins. So the price is just, you know... I thought I'd missed the boat when I was paying $2,000 for Valley Williams games. Games now that are selling for ten grand. Right. Uh, some of the more popular ones, obviously some of the cheaper ones, still around the four to five price five, bracket. Five, four, five, six, yeah. So the amount of... The amount of Competitions like this get bigger every year. The, you know, like the first time I went to Texas Pinball Festival, I could just find them and book a room. Now you got to book them a year out. They sold out in two hours. Wow. The hotel. Mm. 
So, and the amount of reproduction stuff coming through. And look at Pinburg. Pinburg, the tickets sell in what, five minutes? Oh, three minutes. Yeah. Um, and how many tickets is that? Hundreds. So, you know, there's the odd, you know, people that think the sky is falling out there, but I think the foreseeable future is pretty bright. Um, I think there's always those machines that people remember and want. Your Twilight Zones, your Adams, your Indiana Joneses. Um, that was definitely the glory day of pinball, 92 to 94, um, were the glory days. It's, it's kind of ironic that it can be defined, it can be drilled down to like a three-year period where pinball was huge before maybe what Xbox took off and internet gaming took off by the mid-90s. Um, and I've been in pinball for, for as long, well, for, for since the 90s. And how about sites? How about, how about location pinball? How do you see that um, for the future? That's what it needs to get back to, to draw more people in. Right. You know, I think people now go into bars, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you see, little gimmicks they're trying at bars, you know. There's one in the city, you know, miniature golf in a bar. Um, you know, like I just got back from London, they've got ping pong bars over there, you know, if I drink beer and play ping pong all night. Right. Um, I mean, I'm bad at that sober, let alone if I've had a few beers. <laughs> I think pennies need to come back, you know. And... And yeah, I think the younger generation. I mean, we're we're I'm fifty in my early fifties. You're approaching fifty. Correct. And um, I think the twenty-somethings need to kind of latch onto it. And I haven't seen that happening in great numbers. Sure, there are people who are young and getting into pinball, but it's still a very niche kind of sport. Um, the more presence pinball has on location, I think the better it will be for everybody in terms of player appeal. And um, there's a little bit of a entry, um, what do you call it, an, an entry um, resistance because people have to spend a, little, a, a reasonable sum of money to get good enough to win the replays. So the people that walk up for the first time probably feel hammered when the ball drains quickly and then they walk away thinking, oh, that was a waste of money. So there's that threshold that people have to get past. And, and, and that's the way I see it. We, we need to encourage new players and, but it did happen in 91, and I kind of look at 2019 a little bit like 1989, when pinball was quite niche and it hadn't blown it, blown open. Um, but I think it, I think it may well blow open in the next year or two, and um, I hope it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, same. So, so Nick, thanks for talking, and um, and I hope you've you've enjoyed the experience. And uh, good luck with your future endeavours um, with pinball, and I look forward to visiting and playing some of your mint games. I've been—I haven't been to your place for a few years, um, so the lineup may have changed a little. It's grown. <laughs> Where have you put them all? Uh, I got a—I got a double garage with about 22 in it. I got a front lounge with 11 in it. I got a bedroom upstairs with six in it. I got some in a storage locker. I got some at a friend's house. Yeah. But it's a funny thing with pinball because if, if you see the right example for you in the right condition, you might find that machine once every few years, every five years. Right. It took me about four years to find an Indiana Jones that was good enough. Right. So it's... it's you can't turn it down because you haven't got anywhere to put it. You, you worry about where you're going to put it after you've purchased it. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're now um, lending them out to some friends, I hear. I got a um, few fewer friends for houses, yeah. Well, that's sharing the love, so um, that's that's a good thing. Um, so thanks for talking, and um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye.